Hey, so I just uh, want you to start over. I just want you to start over, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna keep it, aren't you? They almost fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Geartastic episode of Gear Related, a peek under the hood of the automotive repair industry. You are joined here with your wonderful hosts, Ben and Heather. And today we're going to have some interesting little tidbits. It's like a mishmash, really. I have been sort of when I come across these, I write them down. And so here we are just... That's actually, I think, what we're going to call this episode is Mishmash. 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 Okay. Somehow the cat has found a knife. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Apparently our lives are short to be lived. Anywho, yeah. So this is the, the thrill of recording here in the fabulous studios of Dining Room. So... You why don't you, uh, yeah, why don't you kick us off with these uh, mishmashables? Mishmashables. So I'm going to kind of lob you an easy one first. Throw it at me, nice and, you know, with a good arc. A nice, good arc. A you nice, got it. good arc. So what do you think the most stolen vehicle in the United States Ooh. is? Well, in the United States. Yeah, U.S. Okay. So it's got to be like a... a car you see a lot on the road hmm you know that if i are you sure i mean would if i was a car thief i've seen fast and the furious i want that aston martin i want that db9 yeah good luck finding one though it doesn't matter i have my sources and you know the films have also taught us how to steal cars all we have to do is just look under the dash and there's two wires that are already pre uh, trimmed. We all know you hate this. I know. And you just touch them together and magically the steering wheel unlocks. Okay, okay, okay. I have, I'm sorry, you guys. I have apparently set him off at the very beginning. So, sorry, it really grinds my gears. It, oh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to throw one at you. <clears throat> yeah. Um, maybe, let's go with a, let's go with a Corolla. Yeah, that's one of the top ones Is it? for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, the Camrys and Corollas, those are, you know, those are up there. But number one and number two, and they've actually flip-flop spaces over the uh, last couple of years. Not that it super matters because they're both Hondas. Ah. So number two is the Accord. Number one it's gotta is the It's got to be the Civic. Civic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was looking this up, I was really entertained by the fact because... Because when you're married to a mechanic and a mechanic who just really prides himself on good work and also is a little bit of a tightwad, you try. <laughs> I'm frugal. I'm just, frugal. I was not talking about you, probably. You end up literally driving your cars into the ground because you can keep them for so long, which is glorious because you don't have a car payment, which I'm a huge fan of. But. When I was in college, my parents gave me, sort of gifted me, uh, my mom's old 1997 Accord. Wasn't oh. that old? Did you? But did yours ever get stolen? It did not, but I loved that car. We only recently upgraded me to a Camry, so um, apparently I stay in the most stolen vehicles. <laughs> 
So I'm looking this up, and apparently, the actually, the 1997 Honda Accord is the most stolen Honda Accord. Really? Because as time goes on, that ignition sort of uh, ages and is able to be... Turned? Yes, with anything that fits into the keyhole, including like a spoon handle. <laughs> so I'm just sad I got rid of that car without checking that out. That would have been Man, you could have been driving your car around with a spoon all this time, and you had no, no idea. The spoon car. Yeah, so there you have it, most stolen cars. You know, you're right, they, they want the most co- common ones, because basically they take these cars and they just strip them down for parts, because parts garner more money than the car as a whole. And Khaleesi, Khaleesi agrees. agrees. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the next. Moving on. So for this one, we are all going to need pictographs. So we'll throw these up on our Instagram. What do you think the ugliest car ever made is? And oh. I know that this is a little bit of, you know, everybody's own opinion. Yes, this is very subjective. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I could give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's some really ugly ones out there, but I'm a very symmetrical kind of guy. Right. So when the car is asymmetrical, it drives me absolutely bonkers. And okay. one of the most asymmetrical vehicles I know of and can't stand is the Nissan Cube with that rear window oh. that wraps halfway <laughs> around one side of the vehicle. You don't like that, huh? Yeah, you know, because the older kid's going to sit on that side and just make fun of the younger kid and be like, I've got a better view than you do. That's what makes it ugly? You no, are it's, you it's, are the younger brother. <laughs> it's just asymmetrical <laughs> and I can't kid. stand it. So there's mine, the Nissan Cube. That's your ugliest car. All right. In my opinion. <clears throat> my ugliest car is the AMC Gremlin from like 1970 to 1978. That, that sucker. That was an ugly one. <clears throat> it looks like a Gremlin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Totally. So, uh, you know, that that's my opinion. You know, a similar car in the same style that a lot of people thought was really ugly until it became popular in the movie. Really? <laughs> you don't know what movie I'm talking about. <laughs> this cat. Anyways. She's been quarantined for a really long time, her whole life. You know what movie I'm talking about. Okay. With one... Are you talking about the family truckster? Oh, no, no, no. No, okay. this is... This, leave that alone. This, this is a solid vehicle. This is the kind of movie that'll make you go, swing. Oh, Wayne's World? Yeah, what kind of car do they drive? What a was it, like pacer. a pacer? <laughs> That's, hey, you know, you can fit four guys headbanging in there. You're good. That's true. That, I mean, I think that's why that car's no longer ugly, is because of that movie. That movie helped it. Yeah, Pinto's not pretty either. Oh, Ford Pinto, yep. Sorry. Well, these are all kind of from the same era, except for the cube. Oh, the cube. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, any any opinions out there in podcast land, I want to know. Send us, you know, just throw them up on our Facebook or wherever we like to see your ugly car. Throw them at me at Twitter, hashtag ugly car. There you go. Hashtag ugly car. So this one is more, I was just kind of looking around at, at, I was thinking about how Automobiles have changed, obviously, from the beginning. And I was wondering about sort of like motor vehicle accidents with fatalities. So this is a little like, but 
It's really wow. interesting. So Debbie I went, Downer. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we go from Wayne's World to <laughs> dead people. Um, so this is interesting. So 1900 is that's you know about when I got the best statistics. In 1900, there were only 36 fatalities from a motor vehicle accident. Well, there's probably only like a hundred cars on the road. <laughs> right, right. Actually, that doesn't sound so great. <laughs> And then when you jump up to 1950, there's 33,000. Okay, that's a big roughly. jump. Yeah, it's a big jump. It's like lots more and, cars. And the population gets bigger too. Sure. So it's about 22 fatalities per 100,000 people. And at that point, you probably have like one car per every household, I would imagine. Maybe, maybe yeah. not even that. Yeah. 1970, we jump up to 52,000. Okay. So that's yeah. kind of a lot, 25 per 100,000 people. So we're still going up, even though the population is increasing. But those cars were not safe, Pinto. I'm just saying. <laughs> so then I, I went all the way up to like 2018. And uh, the, the fatalities have gone down, but our population has gone way, way, way up. I mean, in 50 years. So it's about 11 per 100,000. And I think, you know, really there's all those safety features. We've got better brakes, yeah. anti-lock brakes. There's the um seat belts, obviously airbags. Well, and the overall construction of the car too. If you think right. about it in the 70s, these cars were tanks. Just I mean, you hit something and crash, you're going out that windshield no matter what. Um and now they've designed cars to crumple to right. absorb energy. But the frames are still good, so in case you roll over, you know, you've got right. some good um, support there. I think the cell phones have not really helped us. <laughs> so then I started thinking about cell phones and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so now down. I need to know. So I, I went, went down, down a rabbit, rabbit hole, hole yeah. big time. So I, I kind of picked the year 2010 to see, okay, so how many just accidents, how many crashes were there? And so in 2010, there's about 30,294 crashes. So that was before, I mean, people had cell phones, but they didn't have smartphones really. Yeah, that hadn't quite caught on yet or and especially just it wasn't them. like all the 11 year olds had smartphones yeah. you know so not that they're driving i hope yeah. <laughs> that could that could account for some stuff so so between 2010 about 30,000 crashes 2018 there was 33 which we talked about you know 33 crashes you notice that there was 36 fatalities 36,000 fatalities um so the crashes went up. So we have, we're having more accidents. We're having more accidents. So then more rabbit hole. I'm like, why? And so one of the biggest reasons is distracted driving. We all see all the things about it. So yeah. I'm like, Stop okay. It. Stop <laughs> it. I'm like, I need to know those ding cell phones. We're texting. We're TikToking. We're doing all the things. <laughs> Do not make TikTok videos while you're driving. That's just a public service announcement, really. So distracted driving, people who got, these are the fatalities, actually. So in, in 2018, people who died from distracted driving while using a cell phone, 354. That's uh, not as many as I thought it would be. Not as many as you thought. However, distracted driving under the category of sort of lost in thought or daydreaming, 1,600 and 54. I wonder how they come up with those statistics. I mean, the coroner's not going to be able to say, hey, this person died because they were thinking about Jerry Lewis in a swimsuit. That's not distracted. <laughs> That's 
just weird. <laughs> just weird. <laughs> but I just thought that was interesting. So, so folks, yeah, don't do your TikToks. Don't check your texts. And don't think about anybody named Jerry in a swimsuit. That just seems to be. Yeah. 10 and 2, people. Follow your eyes right. on the road. All that good die. stuff. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting to see sort of how the evolution of of fatalities, accidents, and all that good stuff. So there was my rabbit hole, folks. Let's move on. Shall we? So, uh, Ben, I assume you know about transmissions. I do. I have one in my truck, and you have one in your car. I know. And I've repaired many, many on occasion. That's good. That's good. So, you, so yes, the answer is yes. Yes. The short answer. Yeah. This is what everybody that. wishes that you did. Um, so in a transmission... You require oil. In both manual and automatic transmissions, they do require lubrication and heat protection. Yes. This is going to be the longest podcast we've ever done because he is in a, he's in a way, folks. So yeah, so until 1973, they were using whale oil. Get out. That just makes me sad. But I get it because it's got, okay, so this is the word. I did not make this word up. It has exceptional lubricity and heat stability. Well, yeah, because it's a whale. Like, they're in the ocean. They need to be warm. Yeah, I'm getting a feeling this is not very good for the whale population, Mm -mm. though. Which is pretty much why 1973, that stopped. Okay, that's good. Uh, I I wonder, you know, you've seen those bumper stickers that say, save the whales. Save the whales. Do you think there are any of those bumper stickers on cars that had whale oil in their transmissions? I don't know. Is there one on the Chevy? No. All right, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. You know what else I thought was interesting? So we're thinking about like all of the futuristic and, and newest technology of things. So we've got like... You know, electric cars. When was the first electric car? Oh, it was a long time ago. 1905. Yeah, they've been around. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the things that they uh, were when the combustion internal combustion engine first came out. They were wondering if the future of cars was going to be electric or combustion, even way back then. Yeah. So, so this company was Roush and Lang, and they actually were making these, cranking them out till 1920, and they stopped because it was cheaper to do gas. Oh, and now look where we are. Fuels. We could have we could have been smog free, guys, if you had just kept it up. Maybe that infamous fork in the road of history. <laughs> fork. <laughs> so here's another one. This is a good one for all you NASCAR fans out there. Vroom vroom. Yeah. So, how much fuel do you think the average NASCAR goes through in a race weekend? In the entire weekend? Yep. Okay. Well, see, I'm not a big NASCAR guy. Sorry to all those listeners out there who are. And I'm going to do some math here, and you guys can just chuckle at my lack of of knowledge in this area. But I'm going to guess, so in a race weekend, you've got the qualifier. Is that like on a Friday? Again, I have no idea. I just assume there is one. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) And there's the main race. They probably do some practice laps, you know, to make sure everything's working okay. So, um, you know, and there's the fuel tank probably holds, what, 15 to 20 gallons? Do you really think it's that much? Don't they want to be light? They do. Yeah, maybe you're right. 
but well, I'm going to say 15 then, 10 to 15. Okay. okay. They have those tanks. I've seen them. They fill them up at every pit stop that probably, you know, as far as like the amount of fuel you could put in a car in less than 30 seconds, that can't be all that much. So maybe they're putting five gallons of gas at every pit and they pit, I don't know, four to five times. Like, sorry, guys, I really don't know how many times they pit. So if it's four or five times in a race, that's 20 gallons, we'll say. Uh, but, you know, I bet you they use more than that in one race. And they've got the qualifier. So do a little more mass, some laps. I'm going to say 100 gallons. No. <laughs> How far off am I? So so the fuel tanks. <laughs> you just say, no. <laughs> it must be pretty far off. So the fuel tanks are, the fuel cells are like almost 18. They were 22, and I think that they've kind of adapted them again. Wait, I said 15 I to 20, and you said, really? You think they take that much? I know. You're trying to throw me I off? I know. Well, I'm, this is just what I'm thinking, too, you know? So, um, and then the fuel cans are 12 gallons. So in a full race weekend, they use 70 gallons. I thought that was a lot, and you're spewing out 100? <laughs> well. The other thing I thought was interesting is they go through 36 racing tires. Yeah, they do go through a lot of tires. I mean, they're changing them on every pit. I, now I want to know how often a car pits in one race. But, you know, it, it, gotta be, it has to depend on the race, too, because some well, tracks right. have more laps than others. That's true. And the, temp, or the, uh, the temperature is going to be different in different areas, and the road surface is probably going to be a bit different. Right. And, and the yeah, the, did you say temperature? And yeah. there's all of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Now, I know in NASCAR there are, I think there are two tracks that, are not roundy rounds. So like Watkins Glen is one where it's not just one big oval track. They have to turn left and right. And I believe there's one other one, but I don't know what what that track is called. So I imagine they've got to use different tires because in one track, if you're only turning one direction, I bet you they have different tires from left and right. Oh, probably. Oh, that's a good thing. Also, every time something happens, like some idiot hits a wall or hits the other car and there's a caution... They got a pit. So who knows? There's probably not an average amount. All right, you NASCAR people. I need you to tweet at me as gently as possible. <laughs> Please give, don't use mean derogatory terms And give to us, us the real stats on this. So I'd love to finish this up for you. Okay. With a little personal question. Oh, not that personal. You're going to get personal? All right. We're going to get personal. I want to know... What's the strangest thing you've ever found inside a car? <laughs> Not necessarily the engine, but I sure. mean, we all think that we're safe when you throw whatever it is and you just kind of hide it with a t-shirt. But what what do you what have you found? Well, there are some people that are alarmingly very trusting uh, <laughs> when they bring their cars to us, and I have in the past found some contraband, we'll call it. Yeah, we don't care about that. Yeah. But, you know, and I've found animals in cars. Most, I've never, like, even Like, even like Fido? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> actually, no. If it's a pet dog, then yes. There have been pets in the car Aww. while I was working on them. You can have some dog pets while you're working on their car. Yep. Yeah. And I always, it always makes me nervous when I get into a customer's car that they leave their dog in, too. I just look at the dog. The dog looks at me, and I'm like, we're friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any toys. <laughs> 
But I would say, aside from let's put animals aside, because I the the strangest things in recent memory that I found in a car is I opened the trunk in order to gain access to the spare tire, and in the trunk I found. Mm-mm. No, I'm just I'm scared. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh oh, <laughs> I'm just worried. Things you find in trunks. It's was there junk in the trunk? It was yeah. Well, there was junk in the trunk. <laughs> All right. Separately, these objects would have been completely normal, but the fact that I found them together was really interesting. There was a longboard. Okay. You know what that is, right? Yes, For, it's a long skateboard. It's a long skateboard, yeah. There was a longboard, and then there was a walker and a cane. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. The combination of those items. That's perfect. <laughs> it brought many questions to my brain. So, yeah. Pretty strange. Pretty strange. One of my favorite things um, that commonly we find in specific cars of our customers is every Tim Hortons iced tea cups. Oh, we... Ever. We know how much iced tea you drink. Not me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She shall remain nameless. That's not that strange, though. (laughs) <laughs> Not like the longboard walker and a cane. Yeah, if that person is listening, please do tell <laughs> <laughs> the, sto- the story. I want to know the story behind that one. Yeah, I don't know. Does anybody? I don't really keep anything in my car right now because of the whole pandemic. I have a lot of like work stuff in there, you know, like masks and the like. Please don't break into my car for my used masks. That would be gross. <laughs> But other than that, I don't keep anything weird in my car. A lot of people, you, I mean, you know, a lot of people live in their cars, so to speak. So right, I mean, right. I, I don't begrudge them. No, I just want to know. Tell us what what you have in there. <laughs> <laughs> so nosy. All right, that's all well, I got, man. That was great. Thank you so much, Heather, for giving us all of that mishmashable information, which was intriguing and delightful. Delightful. As always, reach out to us, rate us, oh, you know, please talk rate to us. us. You can find us Facebook, Twitter, at Auto. That's S-C-H-O-E-N. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Bye.